Coming up on this episode of the Goldilocks Zone, we are going to talk about part two of our look at the 2016 presidential election. Right, that means the Democrats this week. We're going to be talking about the big fish in the small pond, Hillary Clinton. We're also going to be talking about the people who could upstage her, including Vice President Joe Biden and uh, beloved Senator Elizabeth Warren, plus a whole list of other candidates. And we're going to have the first ever presidential primary draft right here on the show. Matt and I head-to-head on who can pick the better candidate, plus the winner of our Super Prize Pack giveaway. It's a jam-packed episode of the Goldilocks Zone, and we're going to start it right now. This is the Goldilocks Zone, episode number six, recorded March 10th, 2015. Rock the Eventual Vote, part two, the Democrats of 2016. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Goldilocks Zone, the podcast that always votes for the third party. I'm Sean Jennings, joined by Mr. Democrat himself. Uh, I would vote him over a computer. It is Mr. Matt Mariani. Sir, how LBJ are you? all the way. LB- <laughs> That's exactly right. Uh, tip, what was Tip a Canoe? And, uh, tip a Canoe and Tyler, too. There you go. So maybe we'll have to do a, a third election episode, <laughs> like electing an old president today and what would happen. 5440 or fight. See, this is, see, I don't know enough about old presidents. That's like, I know like the, like Theodore Roosevelt, but you're like, Sean, would you elect Martin Van Buren? And I'd be, I, I really, I like, he has three names. My favorite, I think my favorite campaign slogan of all time is get on a raft with Taft. But he was, that was an actual He'd campaign slogan. Raft. Of course he would. He'd sink the raft even if you didn't get on the it's raft. Like the worst but, slogan. I think candidates yeah. need to bring back caboose tours, train yes. tours, where they get yeah. speeches off the back of trains, monorails from town to town. Yeah, it's the future. We need monorails, right? I yeah. love that. Uh, Matt, it's good to be back. Mm-hmm. We're talking good Democrats back, this week. I'm excited. I hope you are too. Yeah, I'm ready to get into this. Well, we've got a few housekeeping things. First of all. Uh, thanks to everyone who entered our uh, super prize giveaway. Uh, the the response was underwhelming. We had someone enter, uh, and I'd like to announce the winner, Mason Radcliffe at Mason Rad on Twitter, entered. He won our twenty dollar Comicsology gift card. So I hope he's out there buying some great comics with it. Uh, we appreciate all of you who entered, and we will be giving away uh, more prizes in the future. So stick around uh, and keep watching, and we'll we'll let you know when we're doing that. And I do want to point out, we asked, when you entered the contest, we said, name your most over and underrated Marvel heroes. And our our winning entry, uh, most overrated Iron Man, most underrated Hawkeye. Oh. Which, which is, I like that one. It is. It's interesting. I believe I agree with Hawkeye, at least for the comics. Yeah. I think he's he's underrated. Um, Iron Man, I guess if you look purely on the on the term of overrated, like he's like the face of the Marvel universe and maybe he gets too much credit. I don't know. That's interesting. Mm. Yeah, I would agree with the Hawkeye um, as underrated. Uh, overrated? I don't know. I don't. I haven't really given it too much thought, but I think Iron Man's pretty fair. Well, it's got to be the right answer because he won the contest, so <laughs> we'll right. just have to leave it at that. So thanks to oh, everyone who entered. Uh, we do this show uh, at goldilockshow.com it's the website there you'll get the audio and the video you'll also get links to past episodes uh the rss feed so you can subscribe in your favorite podcast feed also we're on itunes you can subscribe there and then also 
on Twitter at Goldilocks Show and Facebook.com slash Goldilocks Show. All great places. Uh, I highly recommend you uh, follow us on social media because we post uh, our polls, our weekly questions, um, and also when new shows are published. So it's a great way to check that out. Okay, well, enough of the housekeeping. Let's get into today's topic. Last week, we talked about the Republican field for candidate of president in the 2016 election. We talked Jeb Bush, Scott Walker, uh, Ben Carson, who I think I already forgot about, uh, uh, Mike Huckabee, Bobby Jindal, who uh, (laughs) actually, I just, it's funny, I just had the Republican poll up and I think he's like now at maybe two points. So he's, I mean, he doubled his points. So that's got to count for something. Keep your eye on him. Bobby Jindal. Uh, So, we covered the Republicans last week. I thought it was a great episode. Uh, it, it's funny, each of our episodes keeps getting longer than the one before it. Uh, the goal was to hit 30 minutes. I doubt we'll ever hit that in an episode, but we'll keep trying. Tonight, the Democrats. We're going to start there, we're going to talk about the candidates, and then we're going to follow that up with the first ever presidential primary fantasy league. We're going to draft some candidates, and we're going to follow the progress throughout the election and see who can pick the better candidate. How's that sound? Sounds pretty great to me. So, Matt, I don't think we can talk about the Democratic presidential nomination without talking about one person. Bernie Sanders. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) We will eventually talk about Bernie Sanders. No, I think we have to start with Hillary Clinton. The elephant in the room, as it would say. Uh, Right now, over the past uh, three months, she's averaged 57.3% in the polls. Uh a lead of 44 points over her second place uh, contender, Joe Biden. Um, And those numbers are very consistent, um, ranging as high as uh, 62% and as low as 38%. uh, But she's never been lower than that, at least in 2015, in terms of the polls. Uh, I would also uh, point out that against most Republican candidates, she holds uh, a minimum of 48% in the national primary, uh, in the national race, with the exception of Bush, who she's a little tighter against. Uh, but it really depends on who you ask and what poll you look at. Um, Matt, what what do we think of Hillary Clinton's electability? Because that's really what we're focusing on here. And I think we did a good job of covering that last week, right? was just talking electability. How does Hillary Clinton's electability look to you? Well, we're, we're standing right now. I think that her electability um, uh, for out of all of the rest of the Democrats is actually pretty high. I would say that it's uh, certainly higher than most. Most. I'd say there are one, possibly two exceptions within the Democratic Party um, that could uh, supersede her at the moment for the nomination. But I, I think she is a, a very strong contender. Um, obviously, the Clinton name carries a lot of weight. We talked last week about Jeb Bush and a family, what a family name means for a candidate. Um, I think that her name, um, like the, the Bush name, definitely brings up a lot of dirt on both, you know, uh, it brings up a lot of dirt. It also brings up a lot of um, a lot of whatever the opposite of dirt is. Uh, it's it's um, a name that's very uh, positive and negative simultaneously. I think that a lot of 
people supported her husband when he was president. He, um, then again, a lot of people also didn't. I think that her uh, her her resume really speaks for uh, a lot of the success that she has uh, as a candidate. Being the Secretary of State, that certainly carries a lot of clout in political circles. Um, but then at the same time, you also have the um, the Benghazi scandal that occurred on her watch as, as Secretary of State, which a lot of House Republicans are not hesitant at all to bring up. So I think that for it seems like Hillary Clinton is an individual where whenever you whenever you show whenever she shows her political savvy or tries to make a move, whenever she shows the good, there's also it, it's going to come with a little bit of bad, a little bit of controversy. Um, so while she is a very risky candidate, I think she also is a very powerful one at least in the potential she has. So I'm, I'm going to put you on the spot. I want you to put hard numbers on it. Give me a percentage chance she is the Democratic nominee. I will say, okay, I'm going to say 65%. Interesting. Interesting. Now that's lower than I thought you would say. <laughs> any, any, I think she... Yeah, go ahead. So, She'll have, I mean, I, I, I wasn't going to name um, who I think her stiffest competition is so far, but I think I'm going to do that. I think that she's going to receive a lot of a, a, a pretty big contest from Joe Biden, and I think she's going to receive a, a lot of um, opposition from another female candidate in her party, Elizabeth Warren. Um, and while I don't really see... Um, either of them as securing the nomination, I think that they're going to give her a lot of um, a hard time in the primary. I think let, let's rewind the clock. Okay, go with me on this. Let's enter our, our magical Goldilocks own time machine and go back to April of 2007. Hillary, tell me if this sounds familiar. Hillary Clinton is the front runner for the Democratic presidential nomination. She leads polls ranging from 41 to 51% ahead of the other candidates. And she leads by a 30-plus point margin. Does that sound familiar? <laughs> yeah. I see where you're going Spoiler with alert, she doesn't win. <laughs> right. She doesn't even get that far. And that's what really concerns me, is... It is so early, right? The other big thing is, what is the difference between April 2007 and April of 2015? Hillary Clinton does not look as good today as she did then. I don't think so. Her time as Secretary of State is not considered that well. She ha is followed by scandals, regardless of how true or big or interesting they are. People are going to bring it up. We have this email thing of hers in the last couple of weeks that, if you really look into it, is not that big of a story. Other people have done the same thing and no one has cared. She is a prime target for literally everyone. And to me, that is really concerning. Now, what works in her favor... Well, let me just say, one thing I think that doesn't work in her favor and I think is overrated is the Clinton name. If Bill Clinton announced he was running for president, I think he'd win. I don't think Hillary gets the credit he does. It helps, but in the same way we talked last week about Bush being both an, a, a positive and a negative... 
I think Hillary has to deal with the exact same problem. So it, while it helps her a little, I think everyone knows who Joe Biden is. He's the vice president. Um, and I think Elizabeth Warren has done a at least semi-decent... I, I would bet you in a poll more people know who Elizabeth Warren is than Bobby Jindal is. Yeah, I would agree with that. So I, I don't think that's as big of an advantage. What does work in her favor for me... And we'll get to this when we talk to the other candidates, but nobody else has committed in the way Republicans have to even potentially running, right? If you're a Republican at this point, you have a super PAC, you've been doing events in Iowa, you've been doing events in Ohio, you're putting together stump speeches, you're meeting with donors. Joe Biden has done almost none of that. Elizabeth Warren has done almost none of that. Hillary has done all of that. That's what concerns me. Is if these if these guys are serious and want to win against her, I think they can. I don't think they're, at least at this point, that serious, and I think they need to get there fast because at this point, this was about the time in two thousand in the two thousand eight election where Barack Obama started to pull ahead. Was was about now through about June, July, and into August. What was where he got neck and neck, and then it was the debates in the fall that sort of really got the race going. So I think those candidates really have to get involved now. I know it's difficult for Joe Biden being the sitting vice president. He's got a little more finesse to go with it. But I just I just think all it's going to take is one person to stand up to her and to say Hillary is a candidate who is full of problems, who we have seen before and who has failed us before. I am better because X, Y, and Z. I think they have a fantastic chance because I don't think, to me, Hillary Clinton is very quickly becoming Mitt Romney, the candidate we're stuck with, who we don't want, but because there's nobody better or because they're the assumed front runner, we have to go with them. And that is not going to end well. That's just my thought. Can she be elected? Absolutely. I, I think. And I even think in a general election, I think there's a decent chance she'll win. I just don't know if that's how this ends. Okay. Yeah, I think you bring up a lot of good points. I think that her, um, her, I mean, the, uh, obviously the negative attribute is certainly attached to her name. We, we are seeing a great deal of controversy that's surrounding her right now in the news media, but I'm wondering how much of that is going to wind up going, actually calcula being calculated in her own favor. How much of that is going to make people remember uh, the Hillary Clinton name. I mean, when it comes time for um, for the actual primaries to ramp up and to begin, I think that a lot of uh, a lot of the things that she is cited for, um, people might see as as unjust and as unfair. And I'm not saying it's right or wrong. It's mainly because she is a female candidate, and a lot of um, a lot of the public. Uh, will judge her based on that, um, whether it's, you know, good or bad. I think that a lot of the uh, controversy is, is really, um, was really stirred up because of that. And I think a lot of people are, are going to see it as, as like picking on, they're like the media is picking on her. And I think, I wonder how a lot, a lot of that might wind up um, working in her favor. The Mitt Romney comparison that you gave is also very interesting. I think that, um, she she definitely seems like uh and i i i see where you're coming from she she seems like uh the um like the media is surrounding her so a similar in a similar way she we're, and we're uh kind of 
stuck with her like Mitt Romney. Um, but I think what 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 Hillary Clinton has that Mitt Romney does not have is that Secretary of State title. I think that as far as um, Mitt Romney went, he was um, more of a. I mean, he was the governor of Massachusetts. There was a an, a little bit of an outsidership. Um, Hillary Clinton has been there. She's been in the Oval Office. She's been in the the White House. She's been in uh, diplomatic talks. I think that, especially um, when we're th- faced with threats from Iran or from Syria, I think that we want a diplomatic president. I think that our election of Barack Obama showed that. Well, and I think that's that is a, a huge strength that will play in her. Uh, in her favor. I'm going to challenge you on three separate points on what you just said, because I really don't agree with that. First of all, Barack Obama had no diplomatic experience when he was elected. Well, he had no experience, but he was a, he was still an accomplished, um, what was he? He was a community organizer, right? So he was an accomplished, he was an accomplished team builder and eventually, he had he had the communication skills. I, think, I agree that a lot that, of people saw. But I, I think it's a little different. And point, they saw the potential in there. Point two: I don't know if it's fair to compare a Democratic candidate to a Republican candidate. In that, I think Democrats care more about somebody who is Secretary of State, John Kerry being a great example, um, versus. Mitt Romney, who, despite you, you might say, well, he was just governor of Massachusetts. He ran on being a businessman. And that's yeah. what gets you elected as a Republican. I think if a Republican went up there and said, I was Secretary of State and I increased diplomatic ties, they'd be like, why didn't you bomb that country? You know, I don't know if it counts as much for Republicans. And then my third point is, I would love to see a poll on how positively most Americans view her time as Secretary of State, because my guess would be a disturbingly high number of people see her as a failure as Secretary of State. Is that reality? Listen, who cares? Reality doesn't matter in a presidential election, right? It's what people think. And when you have Benghazi and emails and all of this stuff, she, I'm just, I don't, it's all going to be about how she spends it. And she's going to get questions and debates about these things and her handling of things as Secretary of State. If she answers them right, people will think of her as a leader. If she answers them wrong, she's going to look like she's hiding something. And the number one thing people love to say about Hillary Clinton is she always looks like she's hiding something. So that is, I I hope it works in her favor because it is one of the few things she has that she can really claim as her own. But there is a big chance that blows up in her face. See, I disagree. I would think that the um, I think that her time as Secretary of State is uh, actually something that would be viewed positively by the general public. I mean, I don't really know the exact figures on that. Um, I'm sure that uh, you know there are ways of finding that out. But I think that a lot of people, a lot of people who like Hillary Clinton, really like Hillary Clinton. You know, whereas whereas on the Republican side of things, I don't know. I, I can't name any candidate that people can really get behind. I think that there there are many good options for someone who is voting Republican. But I don't know if there's that one uh, unifier of the fans mm. like like Hillary Clinton on the Democratic ticket. Yeah. Yeah. It's just 
she's really, I would not want to be in her position right now. I think it's the wrong, and we talked about this last week, the, the person who tends to be the front runner at this point in the race can almost never hang it out to the end. And that is so difficult because it is a long, long race. I think the single biggest strength in Clinton's electability is that no one is running against her. Basically. It's very much like Bush in 2000. Maybe John McCain gave him a slight fight, but he coasted that one the whole time. And it's very similar. And that is, I think, the single biggest strength she has. She can have all the scandals she wants. If no one gives her a fair fight, she wins by default. Yeah, that's true. I, yeah, that's a, that's a good comparison. You really read up on your uh, your history there, Sean. I, yes. I, I am. I Impressed. cannot. And by the way, I will recommend to everyone out there, including you, Matt, if you have not read them, uh, two books, Game Change and Game Change Double Down, which are uh, books about the 2008 and 2012 presidential elections. They are phenomenal. So yeah. good. And really I read an audio book as well. People. I, I never heard it. game change double down. Yeah, it came down just it came out just after the 2012 election, and it's the same style oh. book. Just follows that race, and it was just as good. So, okay. I uh, I highly recommend uh, game change. Yeah, definitely one of my favorite contemporary political novels. Or um, I guess it wouldn't really be called a novel. And it makes Hillary Clinton look like such garbage. Oh my God, they she looked <laughs> delusional. And it makes Sarah Palin look pretty good, actually. Yeah. I thought. Yeah. Well, did and did you ever see the movie version they did for HBO? No, I didn't. Oh, it's funny. It's really funny. <laughs> if you have the opportunity to, it's called Game Change. Okay. Um, and and they did it for HBO, and it just, it basically just followed uh the Sarah Palin aspect of the book with John yeah. McCain picking her and this whole thing, and oh man, nobody looks good coming out of that. <laughs> nobody. And you do actually end up feeling a little bad for Sarah Palin, but really nobody comes out looking good. Mm. Um. So we've talked about Hillary Clinton. We do have to talk about other people who could be in the race. I suppose we do. And I think there's no better place to start than our than Delaware's own Amtrak riding, sunglass wearing Joe Biden. Jumping Joe Biden. Jumping Joe Biden. Uh, Grandpa our, Joe. Our, exactly, our current vice president. Um, the, the theory is that he is going to run. He has made almost no public indication he's going to run. He is currently polling at 12.8%. They're about 13%. Um, with that number fluctuating as high as 17%. Uh, second behind Hillary Clinton. I will start first on this one. I think, I think for Joe Biden to get elected, he has to prove... Whatever happened before him being vice president doesn't count. He's been vice president now for eight years. That is his political career. I don't care about Senator Joe Biden. Nobody cares. Who cares? Unless it's a scandal they dig up. I think his record from back then does not count. It's all about what he did in the last eight years. Now you have to remember, A, this president is fluctuates between unpopular and slightly less unpopular. So Biden has to, A, appropriately distance himself from the president. B, highlight things he did as vice president, which I don't know what that would be. I mean, the the you know, it's tough being the vice president because you only get to do little side jobs. You don't get to do anything big and flashy. And I honestly, the only thing that comes to my mind is he was given the um, the gun control task after Sandy Hook and almost nothing came of that. 
outside of that, I cannot name anything he's done. That is a big concern. Because he can't just stand up there and say, I was vice president at a time when most people didn't like the president. That's not good enough. Now, what he has going for him, he has, I think, a outstanding personality, a very electable personality. I think he can make a credible argument for um, foreign policy experience, which we talk about with Hillary Clinton. Uh, being vice president, you can kind of claim things like that. and You just assume that because he's next to the president, he has those things. Um and also, he's a Democrat who might run, and that may be all you need to get elected. If you can just take down Hillary Clinton, that's the other big advantage to Hillary has this advantage, but other people do too, where when you have a big front runner with no real candidates, if you're the one other person, it's it could become as good as a 50-50 shot. So he is that going for him. Um, I definitely think he's, he's absolutely electable. Um... I think he won't be as scandal-packed as somebody like Clinton. I just don't know if he can be as interesting, at least okay. politically. I think personality-wise, I think he'll be hilarious and fun and good at the debates and all of that. Just, I don't know what he talks about. Be like, I was the vice president. I would probably make a good vice president or a good president. I don't know. I don't know, Matt. What do you well, think? Two things. Uh, the first thing I wanted to mention is it's interesting that um, you said that in order to be a successful candidate right now, Joe Biden would have to do his best to distance himself from the president because uh, within the last couple of days, he's been doing the exact opposite of that. I think if anything, he's been um, he's been the, the president's attack dog in Congress um, regarding Iran and mm -hmm. regarding the, the dissenting senators. Um, I think that he is uh, he is is really uh, doing anything he can to protect the president and preserve his name. Um, with an unpopular presidency like this, though, or like uh, the current administration, I think that what you like you said, what you really want to do is separate. You want to you want to kind of move away from him. But it's also at the same time a little bit difficult because Joe Biden has been so closely linked with Barack Obama ever since his election in mm -hmm. 2008. Um, so in order to just come out and distance himself now might be construed as pandering or a very obvious pandering or very obvious um, – very obvious candidacy. A, a flip-flopper, as we would call somebody in today's political environment. That's right. A very familiar term from the 2004 election. Um, I, and on the, the second point I wanted to bring up is regarding the debates. I do think, I think that once the primaries kick in, if Joe Biden even decides to run for president, which I'm still not entirely convinced is going to happen, mm -hmm. um, I think should should he progress far enough along to make it to the debates, I think that he would be the best uh, candidate on either side for a debate. I think that he's really proven himself, especially in the 2012 election against um, in, in the vice presidential debate against um, uh, Mr. Wisconsin, Mr. Uh, oh, uh, Howard Dean. No, the. Uh, oh, wait, who? Oh, uh, Ron Paul Ryan. Paul, Paul Ryan. Ryan. Okay. I don't yes. know why I said Howard Dean. <laughs> I was like, he was from Wisconsin, right? I believe uh, so. Yeah, Paul Ryan. Yeah, he was. Yeah. Yeah, right. yeah Mr. Uh, Bowflex Machine. <laughs> <laughs> what, 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 a, what a weirdo. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think he, he absolutely destroyed him in those debates. I mm -hmm. think that he did a, he did a fantastic job. Um, he made him 
seem like a scared little kid. Mm-hmm. I think that Joe Biden is would would be a terrific candidate to um, in the debates. That being said, I don't even I'm not even really convinced that he is going to make the effort to put his name in the ring. I think that Joe Biden might just be content being Vice President Joe Biden, being Senator Joe Biden. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he wants to be President Joe Biden. I'm not really convinced on that. I think it's tough when you've been vice president for eight years and you've stood next to a man. You know, no one looks good after coming out of the presidency, right? You look at what, like, their inauguration day and then the day they leave and they look like trash. They look awful. Yes. And you're they like, age about 30 years in and that four year span. And I'm sure being vice president isn't that much easier. It's probably easier, but not that much. No. So you look at that and, you know, does he want another eight years potentially? Of doing that? I mean, I think that's a legitimate concern. Um, but at the same time, I think when you're acting vice president, you have to be really careful about what you do and how you announce things. And, you know, how long does he wait to launch a super PAC, which is kind of one of the first big things you do as a candidate? Well, being acting vice president, it's very difficult to do. So, you know, exploratory committees and things like that. I think he has to be really touchy-feely. And I think he knows... Again, the name recognition that comes with his office, he doesn't necessarily have to be in now. He can wait until the last possible minute to announce after everyone else has, and I think he would still be okay. And I think he knows that. So that's why I think he's been really quiet. Um, but I think you're right. I think there is a a higher than expected chance of him just not running. Um, and, and honestly, I think good for him. I don't think he should be pressured into doing it if he doesn't want to do it. Um, but yeah, it it it'll, it would he would be a very interesting candidate. I think I think he would be a strong candidate in the way he'd be very similar to Barack Obama when he ran in two thousand eight. Charismatic guy who makes a lot of promises may not have a ton of uh, experience to to highlight at least specific experience for Joe Biden, but if he can just be interesting enough. And have the other candidates be crappy enough? He's got a fair shot. A fair shot. Um, he also doesn't have the uh, he doesn't have the, um, the the challenge that Hillary Clinton had, which was running against Barack Obama. Yeah, Hillary is not as tough a challenger as Barack Obama. Hil- Hillary is far be- far more beatable. Yes. Definitely far more beatable. Absolutely. In a primary campaign. Now. Let's talk about the third candidate. We've mentioned her before, the lovely senator from the great state of Massachusetts, uh, which has a long history of successful presidential candidates. Um, that would, of course, be Elizabeth Warren. Uh, isn't isn't she a Nobel Prize winner? A Nobel Prize winner? I thought maybe not. Could be. Okay, she's really smart. I guess we'll leave it at that. <laughs> um, I I think you get to go first. I went first on the last one. So why don't you go first on this one? What are your thoughts on Elizabeth Warren? I'll put this on you. Okay. All right. Well, um, first of all, I'm not sure why Massachusetts gets to be a great state and New Jersey only gets to be a mediocre state, but whatever. I'll let that I, one slide. Matt, it's because I'm from one of them and not the other. That's literally the only reason. I'll let that one slide. Hey, it's Taxachusetts. We're not perfect. <laughs> Taxachusetts. We, 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 we produced Mitt Romney, so who am I to talk? Uh-oh. <laughs> but at least, you, I mean, you produced the Kennedys and you produced Cheers. Yeah, we've got some things going for us. You got some things. You got some things. And the American Revolution. 
and but also Boston fans. Oh, maybe we'll have to do a whole episode on states. <laughs> yeah, that would be fun. Over over like, under on those. Over under. Yeah, I think that um, Elizabeth Warren is definitely a a right now she's she's um, she's kind of underrated. I think she's kind of flying under the radar. She's kind of keeping herself a little bit more subdued. I mean, obvious. It, th- this one's the exact opposite of Joe Biden. It's pretty obvious that she's going to announce her candidacy, or she's going to um, uh, that she's definitely going to run for president, more more or less. Um, how successful she is, though, I I don't really know. Um, I think she's definitely going to be construed by the opposition, and by opposition I mean conservatives as being the ultra-liberal of the bunch. She definitely has that reputation. Whereas Hillary has spent her entire political career um, m- making herself seem as, as a centrist. She's much more of a moderate. Uh, I think that, that, that I, um, you would say Elizabeth Warren is wide left. All right. So that is something that is going to definitely, it's going to rally a lot of Democrats to her side, but I think it's also going to alienate a lot of people who are on the fence. Um, so with that, that being said, um, I gave a percentage chance to Hillary Clinton. I'll give one to Elizabeth Warren and this is to win the, the democratic nomination. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give her 25%. Okay. I think that's fair. Yeah, I I mean, first of all, let me just state for the record that Elizabeth Warren is the single closest we will ever get to electing Jeb Bartlett as president. Because that's really essentially, it's shockingly similar. For the, now, I mean. The highly educated, really liberal from from New England candidate. <laughs> I'm just saying, it's creepy. That's right. It is a little creepy. Um, l- Let me start with what works against her. I think... Let's assume for a moment the top three are Biden, Clinton, and Warren, which I think in in terms of the polls is very reflective right now. And let's assume they all run. Those are two huge candidates to be going up against. Massive. This is not like the Republicans where there are 12 kind of average guys who have been around but aren't like super name. These are name brand candidates. And while people know Warren... Do people know Warren? I I think it is a significantly higher uphill battle for one of the things we covet when we've talked about these candidates, which is name recognition and instant acknowledgement of what that candidate is and what they stand for. You can probably guess what Joe Biden would do in a situation. You could probably guess what Hillary Clinton's going to do in a situation. We don't know enough about Warren. And I think that could really hurt her, especially against these two candidates. I think the other things that work against her, I agree. I think she is going to be seen as very leftist, which, again, you know who decides these elections, independence. And it's going to be, a, it's all going to depend on, again, we're just, it's tough because I confuse the primary with the overall election. I think in an overall election, if she became the candidate, I think it would depend on how crappy the Republican is, would depend on how much she won, to be honest. I think what works in her favor is... The crowds she reaches. So I think people who want to see a woman president 
in my opinion, would be more likely to get behind Warren, who I think has done more to help women and is seen as less of a bad or unlikable person as Hillary Clinton is. Um, I, oh, Darrell Rivas is going with the Jets. God damn it. I'm sorry. See, this is Breaking why you can't news. get alerts Breaking during the show. ESPN. Um, I think, um, I think. What's this? Tom Brady is going to the Miami Dolphins? In, in a trade for Ryan Tannehill. God damn it. <laughs> yeah. uh, and a pick to be named later. I think when it comes to Warren, what works in her favor is the audiences that she goes after. Because she gets. It's amazing when you really think about it. She has the cult following a Rand Paul has, but without any of the damaging craziness. And that is a potent combination because people who are fans of hers absolutely adore her. And the other thing is most of her policies she pushed have targeted young people, minorities, women, all people who were critically important in both the 2008 and 2012 presidential elections. I was going to say, where have we sung that song before? It's it's the Barack Obama, Barack Obama model, a candidate we don't know a lot about, but who can really push themselves as the change candidate, the candidate who's like no other candidates, the candidate who can really honestly make a difference because they've genuinely tried before in their life. So I'm the one who can really connect with them young people. I, I think... East. I think that could be the single best thing. She's also a fantastic speaker. If you've ever heard her speak, I think, again, Biden-Clinton, big personalities, big people. I think of all of these sort of third-tier candidates for the Democrats, I think she is one of the best to hold toe-to-toe with these guys. I just think she's really going to have a tough time shedding that elitist, Harvard, leftist personality. If she can spin that into a positive... I think she could absolutely shoot to the moon. And to be honest, if Clinton, Biden, and Warren were running, if played right, I think Warren has a better chance than Biden. I honestly do, because I don't think Joe is just Joe. And that's all he is. I don't think there's a lot of depth to him as a candidate. Whereas I think Warren is a really interesting person. To me, Warren uh, in this race seems like she could be a very potent and effective running mate. Oh, she'd make a great general. I think that... She'd make a great she's she has big ideas. She's she's has a lot of very creative and very very modern ideas. Mm-hmm. I think that uh that it would be great if, if if a centrist like Hillary Clinton or even like Joe Biden were to take Elizabeth Warren as a running mate. I think that would be a very potent ticket. Yeah, um, but but don't you think the vice president role is really overrated? I have such a problem with people acting like the vice president underrated. does anything. I think it's underrated. The, the, I think the vice president does a lot more than we give him credit for. The vice president is a warm body that we can hold in storage in case something <laughs> happens to the president. See, that, I disagree. I think that I think that what Joe Biden is is doing in front of Congress this week, I think, is is evidence he's that he's a cheerleader. He's a glorified cheerleader. But his name carries weight. It's he's still he's still he's still close to the president and he's a heartbeat away from the president. But the he president. does whatever the president says. So you're assuming that if Elizabeth Warren's the vice president, she's going to be able to enact some of her own policy. And that is not the case. She will have she little to no. Inf- I don't. I think I, she has. I think she would have she would have a substantial influence. And no, I think a lot more than we see and a lot more than we would give credit. And I, to. I will tell you this. And this is my ultra bold prediction for today's show. If Hillary Clinton is elected president of the United States, 
she will get taken down in a Nixon-esque uh, uh, sort of... Um, coup? Uh, no, <laughs> no, come on. Uh, a sort of paranoid conspiracy. She thinks everyone's out to get her, so she breaks the uh, law type of situation. Like Cersei in Game of Thrones. I, I don't get that reference because I've never seen it. Uh, um, but yes, exactly like that. Is yes. she a dragon or something? I don't know. I've never seen it. <laughs> uh, that'll probably come out in book six. Yeah, exactly. Which I'd read that. Uh, yeah, I'm telling you, I think I, I Clinton to me personally is going to have a tough job proving that she's not just that media image of the crazy woman who will stop at literally anything to become president. And that that to me comes off as suspicious. <laughs> she's not out to help me as an American. She's out to get elected. So right now, I, I think what we're, we'll, and I think we can agree on this, I think the most potent Democratic ticket, if we're both, we're both Democratic strategists, mm-hmm. and we're putting out the most effective ticket that we can think of right now, I think we would go Biden-Warren. Oh, I, Warren-Biden. Ooh. Let him be vice president again. He was so good again? at it for the He's last eight vice years. President again? I doubt he wants to. Um, it's never happened. I just I don't see Joe Biden as president. He's Joe Biden. He's at the punchline of the joke. <laughs> like I just he's he's not the vice president. He's not the president. He's the president's friend. You know, like that <laughs> is weird to me to think of him as president. But people could have people could have said the same thing about Al Gore and Bill Clinton and Al, Al Gore, Gore gave- lost barely <laughs> barely and there are some people who will say he didn't yeah like michael moore that's all story for another day <laughs> um well good i think this was a good discussion we're running low on time i don't even want to bother talking about these other guys unless you want to talk about bernie sanders what other oh yeah forgot michael about mally jim webb any of these guys i mean they're just so uh, who no. gives a crap two percent chance of winning for bernie sanders zero for the other one well bernie sanders pulling at four percent so he's got that going for him the the real the real question is who's the who's the democratic party going to put their money in and force behind because if they put themselves behind warren it could be a really interesting race if they reject hillary let me ask you a question yes um not trying to put you on the spot but do you think in all in, in your research that you have come come through um and done mm-hmm. do you think there is a that sort of outsider dark horse candidate that barack obama was very early in the 2008 election season is there that 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 little known guy or perhaps big known but kind of surprised that he that he's, he's in the election and 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 he breaks out is there do you see that happening in this election or is it going to be just the people that we named out there are we going to get any surprises i don't think it will happen now i will give you two names i don't think it will happen and i can tell you why for each of these kirsten gillibrand who has been brought up a lot from the state of new york um the great state well i think pretty okay state of new york if the problem she has is no one knows very few people know who she is she hasn't done anything particularly big to stake her name on and she's not a particularly interesting or good speaker she doesn't come off as very smart 
I know this because um, here, in, even though I live in Massachusetts, I get all the Albany area television stations. And so I've seen all the political stuff on her and when she ran and all that. And I know more about her probably than most of these candidates. I don't find her particularly appealing. The other name who I really like is Deval Patrick from Massachusetts. What can I say? We're a popular political state. <laughs> I think I think he's a really likable, really smart guy. I think he has the same problems a lot of other candidates do. Lack lack of name recognition. I think a problem with policies he's enacted that haven't worked out particularly well, as in Massachusetts is broke. Um, but I think he has a personality where even if he didn't become a candidate this year, I think he could pull Barack Obama, which, if you remember correctly, Obama spoke at the Democratic convention in 04 and then spent four years making a name for himself. I think Deval Patrick could pull that. I just don't know if this year is his year. Okay. Those, those yeah, would those be my two neat. outside candidates. Mm-hmm. I think Deval Patrick a better chance than Gillibrand, but I just, I really think, you know, I, I never put my number on Hillary Clinton. I I honestly think it, it, it ranges between 50 and 75%. And I, I think it, it could actually get in the higher end of that in terms of likelihood. I mean, I, I really, really think that she's just going to pull a Mitt Romney and no matter 47%, uh, my wife owns dancing horses. I have a car, an elevator car. You can just throw scandal after scandal after her. And it's just going to bounce off like Teflon because she's the front runner and the assumed candidate. And that sucks (laughs) because that's not really to me a fair primary at all. Mm. If the other guys don't even have a chance, but I hope that's not the case. Hope not. So, Matt, now comes the time. We've reached the end of our episode. We've talked about both political parties and the likelihood of people getting elected. It's time for us to hold the first ever, at least on this show, because I didn't do the research to see if anyone else has ever done this, so I can't claim it's the first, but the first ever Goldilocks Zone presidential primary fantasy league. All right. Are you excited for this? All right. Yeah, I'm excited. Hopefully I do better in this fantasy league than I did in the fantasy football league I joined. Well, Spoiler this... alert, I only won one game. Shame on That's you. That's what I get for picking Colin Kaepernick as my quarterback. Oh, Matt, come on. Uh, and I don't want to brag, but I came second in my league. So anyway, uh, let's continue on. So here's how it's going to work. Okay. And, and please tell me if you disagree with the rules because they're not set in stone. We are each going to pick three candidates from either party. Anyone who's running, or you could pick literally even if someone isn't running. I don't know why you would do that, but if you wanted to pick the Wizard of Oz, I don't care. You can pick literally anyone on the planet Earth, okay? We each get three. We'll flip a coin and see who picks first. Three from each party? Uh, No, just three of any people. Okay. And we'll take a turn, we'll flip to see who goes first, that person, and then the schoolyard style back and forth till we each have three candidates. The way we determine who wins is who has the most votes in the primaries from start to finish, up to the convention. As a point of reference, I looked up the um, primary votes in the 2012 Republican primary. Mitt Romney won with 10 million votes. In second place was Rick Santorum with 4 million. 
followed by Newt Gingrich at 2.7, Ron Paul at 2, and then the third candidate and the candidate behind him, John Huntsman, had only 83,000. So there might be a little strategy in here where do you pick three candidates you think will do well and won't win, or do you just go for the winner and assume you may not get other good candidates? Do you want someone who stays in long but doesn't win? Do you... I think there's some interesting strategy going on here. Do, do, do these rules make sense to you? It makes sense to me. Let's do this. Okay. Now, um, I made a mistake and forgot to bring a coin, and I'm literally strapped into my studio. Do you have a coin there with you? I do. Oh, I actually, wow, this is great. I have a Sacagawea dollar. That is the most American of money. This is so cool. All right. Ready? Uh, do you want a Sacagawea or do you want the eagle on the back? I think this is an eagle. Uh, I, will, I will take uh, the most American of symbols, uh, the eagle. All right. Sorry, Sacagawea. So I'll be Sacagawea with the baby strapped to her back. All right. Here we go. And it is Sacagawea. Sacagawea. Congratulations, Matt. You get the first pick. Okay. Who is your candidate of choice? My candidate of choice I'm going to select is going to be... With the first pick. With the in first the fantasy pick, draft. Who I believe is going to obtain the most votes in a political primary. Ready for this one? I am so psyched. Mr. Marco Rubio. Wow. That is a disturbingly bold choice. <laughs> I'm uncomfortable at how bold that choice is. Wow. You know what they say, bold is beautiful. Now, now, do you want to give a sentence or two as to why you, you picked Rubio first? I picked Rubio first because I think that he is, right now, like you said, uh, candidates who... Uh, gain traction early tend not to do well and I don't think he really has built as much traction but I think he's working the hardest mm -hmm. if that makes any sense I think he's he's been up in New Hampshire he's been campaigning uh, against um, it was either house appropriations or against I think it was I think it was a security spending bill um, regardless I think he's he's uh, really sort of working toward building that campaign resume and I, I just think that he's going to he's going to rake in a lot of support in Florida. And I think that's going to be huge. Obviously, Florida is always huge for an election. So right. uh, these are the reasons that I've chosen Marco Rubio. All right. For the first pick on my team, team to be named later, I am choosing from the great state of New York, Hillary, Hillary? Rodham, Rodham, Clinton, Clinton, Clinton. And I'm picking Hillary because even if she doesn't win, she is going to get a lot of votes. Because remember, it's an aggregate between your three candidates. So I think even if she doesn't win, she's going to get a lot of votes. So that I'm going to pick Hillary Clinton for that. And I think she will go. She's in for the long haul, even if she doesn't win. Well, you've outfoxed me, Sean. Because this is her last chance to win. She's not quitting. You've outfoxed me because I was going to take Hillary Clinton probably second. But I, I mean, after all the, the uh, shit talking you, do, you did during the podcast earlier, I was 
pretty sure you were never going to pick Hillary Clinton. I wish it was a strategy. I honestly just don't like her. I wish it was like some kind of like thinking like, oh, good, I'll psych Matt out. Uh, hey, it may, it may work it against me. She may have a big scandal and just bow out three weeks in. We don't know. So, uh, Matt, you have the next pick. I yes. am envious of you because I think the second pick is going to matter more than the first. Because this is where you start to build the team of your candidates rather than just an individual star. So, so I've chosen my quarterback. Okay. And now you're saying I, it's time to choose a wide receiver. That's right. Who can bring it into the end zone. So I'm going to go with uh, – I'm going to go with Mr. – no, no. I am going to go with Miss – Elizabeth Warren. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. That is bold, but a smart choice. She would have been my second choice. So uh, you definitely stole stole that from under me. I think that's a good one. Yes. And I, I, I'm choosing her basically because I think that um, if Hillary Clinton is not successful, then I think that will only augment Elizabeth Warren's success. And now that Hillary Clinton is on your team... I don't want her to be successful. Therefore, at least within the context of this fantasy match, therefore I'm choosing Elizabeth Warren second. I do think that she has the potential to get a lot of, of uh, votes and recognition. And I think the other advantage she has is that having such a hardcore fan base, she more than anyone else will have people turn out in primaries, which is what really counts. So that's, that's right. a lot of votes. So I think that's a great pick. Um, for my second pick, this is really tough, I think. Um, oh, man. I'm going to go with the, the, the guy who I don't think is going to win, but I think is going to hang in the race far just because he has the donors. I'm going with Jeb Bush. Jeb Bush. Bush is my second pick. I, I don't think he has a great shot to win. I just think that he's got so much money. He can he can pull a, a Newt Gingrich and really stay in there for super long, even though he's never going to win. So I'm, I'm going with Jeb Bush for my second pick. I think that's a good pick. I think that's a good pick. I think that uh, the media is definitely courting him very much right now to, to, to win the nomination. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's fair or realistic, but he's definitely getting the most hype on the Republican side. Oh, yeah. All right, Matt, your third pick. All right, pick number three. It's going out to my man down in the bayou, Bobby Jindal. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, God, don't pick Bobby Jindal. <laughs> I'm just kidding. You know, in a perfect world, but we I, would have... He seems like a nice guy. I'm not going to give him crap. I just like, if you're going for the person with the most we would, votes... We would have this man... Oh, he's friends. just so awkward. <laughs> he's like Paul Ryan level awkward. Right. Yeah, he was pretty awkward. Oh my god. All right, who is your real pick? Okay, my pick for real. That is going to have to be uh Mr. Drumroll please. Mr. Scott Walker. Good pick. Scott- I think I think that's uh, that's a very. I think between the the two of us, we picked the top three Republican candidates. I had a really really tough time not saying Chris Christie for that one, but you made the right decision. I think, but I think yeah, I think it's gonna it's gonna pay off in the end. At minimum, he's gonna go farther. I think. Yeah. So uh, I I have a a a tough 
choice. I think I want the third member. Again, we're talking about you're setting up your fantasy lineup. I need a special teams player. Right? I've got I've got the guys who are going to score the normal points. I need the out of left field run back the punt 100 yards guy. Okay. Yeah, that guy. I need a Ron Paul who as I pointed out earned 2 million votes, which was the well he was fourth overall. He got a lot of votes. Despite the fact he was never going to win. People were really obsessed with him and voted anyway. That sort of tea party atmosphere. My question is, I'm tossed up between Mike Huckabee and Ted Cruz, who both court that same Fox News, uh, the government lied about Benghazi, sort of super Republican base. It's a tough call. I'm going to go with the man who has more face value and that's got to be Mike Huckabee. I Mike think Huckabee. Ted Cruz may be a little too extreme, plus Mike Huckabee sold books, had a television show, ran for president before, very name brand. I don't think he's he's going to go far, but I think he, this election he's going to get the hardcore vote. Um, I think that that is a bold pick. Well, I, I, I think – well, at this point, the problem is who else am I really going to pick? Maybe – well, but see – Maybe Rand Paul might be a better decision because he does court his own. Yeah, I'm going to change my pick. I'm going to change my pick. I think I'm allowed. It wasn't official because I said so. I'm going to go. I'm going to go with Rand Paul because I I do think he's going to get more of the hardcore vote than uh, either Huckabee or Cruz. So I'm going to go with Rand Paul. My lineup: Hillary Clinton, Jeb Bush, Rand Paul. Your lineup: Elizabeth Warren, uh, Marco Rubio. Yeah. Elizabeth Warren, Scott Walker, two Republicans and a Democrat for each of us. Matt, how are you feeling about your chances to win? I'm feeling pretty good. To be honest, if I had pick, if I had a fourth pick, I would I would totally have gone Rand Paul. I was kind of hoping you forgot about him because I forgot about him. The one piece of my lineup I wish I had was Marco Rubio. He is the one guy that I would have dumped Rand Paul, brought in Rubio, and I would have had the dream team. <laughs> So okay. That would have been great, but I'm very happy with my picks. I think it's going to be interesting to see. The problem is now we have to wait a long time to get the results. So we'll have to wait and see. We'll update all of you at home uh, on that. Now uh, we're running. We're going to hit an hour in our half hour show, unbelievably, because <laughs> uh, it's so interesting. We talked about a lot of stuff. But we got to get to next week's question, which you came yes. up with, Matt. Uh, I'll read what you read to me, which is. If you, the viewer, had the option of voting for either a computer that had infinite wisdom or a potentially flawed human being, which would you vote for for president of the United States? I think it's an interesting choice. I don't want us to reveal what we would say just yet. I want the unbiased. I want to hear the, the raw opinion from the fans, but all of you out there, go to at Goldilocks Show on Twitter or our website, GoldilocksShow.com, for links to vote. Uh, I'll set up a poll, and we'll be able to get some, uh, some either-or options in there, uh, and we'll read the results on next week's show. I, I think we'll, we will um, definitely have a good discussion about this. We talked about it before the show, Sean and I, and we both have very different opinions on Absolutely. who will make the more efficient president well wait we didn't say we're voting on efficiency obviously computers more efficient (laughs) i was just concerned about like which would be the safer option 
I was concerned about efficiency. Uh, see, this is we're going to have to talk about this next week because <laughs> we're out of time. So thanks to all yeah. of you out there for joining us on the Goldilocks Zone. Our website, GoldilocksShow.com. All the links to everything right on the website. Uh, it's our one-stop shop. I highly recommend you go there. And, of course, follow us on Twitter at Goldilocks Show because we'll be tweeting the poll. We'll be tweeting when this episode goes live, when next week's episode, all the good stuff. It's there. Um I'm excited. Uh, Matt, we'll we'll talk off the air. We'll figure out what we're going to do for next week. No ideas yet, but I think we, we've got some stuff floating around. We'll have a good topic. Um, but until then, I guess we'll wish everyone out there a fair good night. We'll see you next time.